Welcome to The Collective. The Collective is a storytelling podcast interviewing hairstylists and makeup artists. These artists are going to share their stories and their journeys with us. On today's episode, we hear from Kai Washington. Kai is a makeup artist, an aromatherapist, the co-founder of the Clean Beauty Artist, and the founder of the Modern Green Goddess. Thank you so much, Kai, for joining us today on The Collective. It's awesome to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. So I'm just going to jump right in. I want to know who is Kai Washington? Kai Washington is an artist, a warrior, a survivor, and also a bleeding heart. That's who Kai Washington is. I love that. It's amazing. So... (laughs) I know you as all of those things. And today I want you to share with us your story. How did you get started in the industry? I want you to start with, start from the beginning and take us on your journey. Absolutely. So my journey starts a long, long, long time ago um, when I was a little girl. So um My mom is an amazing woman and a fabulous artist. She's a playwright um, and a poet, and but she's not. She was not very like girly or anything like that. And um, she had this girl um, who's you know uh, my father's Jamaican, so I have this wild curly hair, and she was like, I don't know what to do with all of this. (laughs) So I started going to the hair salon. at a young age, um, you know, um, and so I grew up in the hair salon and then also the theater because of my mom's profession. So I've always been surrounded with beautiful women and art and noticing the change in a woman when she steps out of the chair. Um, and that really always made me have a little nod in the back of my head, even when, you know, I grew up and I was thinking about doing different things with my life that always stuck with me. Um, and, uh, through high school, I was very interested in different mediums of art. I dabbled in lots of different things and, um, when I ended up going to college, my um, girlfriend, who's also a fellow Jamaican, but, you know, six feet tall and gorgeous, she's like a model, and um, she is very bossy, though. So this one day, <laughs> she was like, you're, um, I need a makeup artist for my shoot. Um, you're going to do my makeup. And I was like, uh, okay, I don't do makeup. But whatever, let's, you know, let's do it. It's up to the challenge. So I went and did her makeup for the shoot. And, um, you know, obviously I was not a makeup artist. I wasn't even like, I've always been fascinated with like beauty. But in general, I wasn't like a hardcore makeup person. But once I was there on set and playing with color and using like my basic art skills, but on a canvas that was already partially started, it got me really excited. Um, and so then I started to think, well, what else can I do with this? So, um, you know, I started from, you know, playing with my friends, um, 
you know, when she went on her shoots, um, to starting to play in my own makeup. And I did like a little minor modeling on the side. I'm not six foot tall goddess modeling like she did. Um, so I started playing with my own makeup and my own hair and things like that. And then, um, you know, I got so interested in it as an art form that I was like, well, let me get some training. So, um, I did end up getting, um, working and getting some training from, um, the Aveda Institute and from other places to kind of get a nice little background going. And I started, um, working like meaning that I was actually being paid for work a little bit different than everyone um than most people like most people know that they want to be a makeup artist and then they like you know they start the counter and then they work way up which is amazing um but because I started in this kind of odd way I actually um kind of started in fashion um because I was playing around with you know doing different models doing work on myself And then um, I was still in school at the time as well. And so I got a part-time job at Glamour Shot. Do you guys remember that? Um, Do you remember Glamour Shot? Yeah, like the, you know, fancy, you know, like they used to do all the like makeover, you know, big hair, poofy jacket situation. Um, So I started working there part-time. And the good thing about that job, um, besides meeting my best friend there, who's still my best friend, um, (laughs) is that everything was based, it was basically theater makeup and it was basically pure pigments that you had to mix together. So even though the actual, you know, like I'm, you know, people are like, you're working at Glamour Shots making like with big hair and, you know, like ridiculous makeup. <laughs> it was amazing because I was like, I'm building my own foundation from scratch. I'm building my own eye color. Like it was for an what? artist, it was fascinating, you know, like because, um, and I had also started dabbling in theater, um, you know, and thanks to my mom, like I was able to do some cool things and whatever as well. So being able to actually like mix and make makeup and things like that got me really interested in like the process of makeup and how it's made and the textures and um, ingredients and things like that. So that's kind of how I really, really got into this. And you all, you know me, but anyone who knows me knows now further on my career that I love artistry so much, but I am equally obsessed with actual product. This is a definite obsession of mine. Like, how is it made? What does it do? How does it perform? Like, where did the materials come from? And I think that period in my life got me really excited about it. Um, So I was working in theater. I was doing this side gig, still going to school. And then, um, once I started working in theater, I realized very quickly that I did not like it. <laughs> um, I, it was really like the opportunities were really great, but I found that I got that spark, that excitement that I always, um, that I loved, even from being a little girl from beauty and making people feel pretty, not like turning them into a bird. So I, we have to back up a second. So I'm dying yeah. to know what was this makeup at, Glamour shots. Like what? Was it a specific brand? No, literally we had, and I'm kid you not, we had like, it looked like a spice, like a old, like a spice rack. So think of like plexi, like a multi-tiered plexi thing, right? Right. And it had pure pigment colors, like loose pigment. Okay. It was just that. And like 
lotion and oil and um we had a few like kind of pancake jo- like joe blasco type um you know like makeup foundations but yeah way, yeah but way more pancakey wow and we had to go from the i mean these are like the basics that so we're i mean when we're you we're talking about like there's a yellow blue red like, right like, right I right, mean, right. Like, primary colors primary colors yeah. and glitter um in vials lotions and oils <laughs> And then this pancake stuff. And we had to turn that into makeup that you could photograph. That's amazing. So I, um, so there is a line that I used to work with a lot and I did education for them and director of education, but that was one of our key selling points, if you will, um, was we called it mixology, right? So you're like constantly mixing the pigments into the lip balms and the cheek colors and that sort of thing to create a whole array of colors. So that's fascinating, Kai. So um, dabbled in theater, realized that wasn't really for for you. And then where do we go from there? So I dabbled in theater, like I said, it's fascinating and it's astounding. And if it's something that you're passionate about, you should totally go for it because theater work is, it's just extraordinary. Like even when I go to the theater, sometimes I just like stare in awe. But it wasn't like my thing. Just I just knew that I didn't want to turn people into something. I wanted to enhance them. Um, and that so I knew that early on. Like I did like some special effects and things like that, but for the most part, I knew that I wanted to be more on the in the beauty realm. And from that point, I was like, well, crap, what am I gonna do with my career? Because right now I'm in theater. I have and in, in theater too, thank goodness. Um, and then, you know, I'm working this little part-time job to help pay for school and everything is kind of cushy, but if I wanna go in a different direction, like what do I even do? Because since I didn't start, like a lot of other artists, I didn't even know like what regular, what, what someone would consider a regular makeup job was. Cause I wasn't wearing like a full face of makeup or anything before this, you know, like I was just a girl who just played around and stuff. So then I was like, okay, well, what do I do? And I was like, well, maybe I need to figure out how to work with regular makeup. Like I have my whole career basically at this point, um, I'm making makeup. Like I've never used something from like a department store. Um, So I was like, well, maybe I need to start there. So I decided I was gonna go to the department store and figure out how to get a job. So that was my next step working with what I called regular makeup. (laughs) So I went to the store one day and I was looking around and I was like, uh, this doesn't seem like necessarily what I want to do. I'm kind of a free spirit and I don't know. I was looking around and I was like, I don't know about this. And then I saw this girl and I I know this sounds really weird and movie-like, but I, there was this bright white counter. It was like super animated. There was like a painting of an anime girl in this gorgeous outfit. And then right next to her was like the sales girl who basically looked just like her. So she was like in a flowy dress and she looked like a little doll. <laughs> and I automatically wanted to go over there. I don't know why. So I went over and I looked at the cute little girl that looked like a doll and she was super sweet and helpful. 
and I found the most amazing lipstick that day. Like until this day, I actually still have lipstick. Obviously, I don't wear it because that was like eight million years ago. But the layer of pigment and the color and the shine and it was just everything. And I was like, I need this. And I was like, who are who are these people? And and it was this was like early two thousands. And so this was um, and it was Stila Cosmetics. And at the time, Stila, especially on the West Coast, was really big. Um, they were still headed by Janine Lavelle, who's like one of my icon makeup artists of all time. Um, I knew her work already then, even before I even knew about her, about the company, you know. Um, and so I, I was at the counter. I'm looking at this beautiful lipstick. And I just asked the girl, I was like, so what's your job here? Like, what's it like? Because you look amazing and this area looks amazing. I feel like I want to like work here or work for you guys. How does that work? And so she was like, well, first, are you a makeup artist? Because I mean, like, I, I really had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, yes, I am a makeup artist. I'm working artist, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I actually don't work here. I'm a freelancer. And so I was like, oh, what does freelancing mean? And so she explained to me basically what a freelancer was. And I was like, and for me, for that was one of the most exciting moments of my life because I was like, so you're telling me I can work when I want to work and not work when I don't want to work and still pursue other things. Amazing, and she was right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, this is awesome. So she, she gave me the information to the, um, the account exec at the time, and she interviewed me. And at the end of the interview, she was like, I love you. I think you are exactly what, like, like what this company is all about. I mean, because, again, I don't, I don't know, like the whole living doll thing. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what they were really into at the time. I know it's different now. And I was so, I was here for it. I was like, I want to wear big fluffy dresses every day and twirl around in heels and do makeup. Like, that's basically what I want to do. And so she, she offered me um, a choice of two jobs. And so when I think about it now, I'm like, ooh, this is the turning point. But at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But she was like, you could be, we would like to have you. And, and remember, I have no experience in retail at all. She was like, I have a manager position at a high, like, like at a, like one of their big storefront. And um, she was like, something about you just tells me that you, you're super enthusiastic about it and that you would do really well. It's a full-time job with safe, you know, like hours and benefits and all that stuff. Or I can put you on as a freelancer, and if things work, you know, go well for you, you can advance up into training and stuff like that. And I instantly said, without thinking about it, I want to be a freelancer. And when I got home, um, my boyfriend, now husband, was like, so you didn't take the job with the benefits and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Right. And again, it was partially being green because I was seeing the freedom, but I think it was also like God or the universe or whatever people feel that they call it. I call it God being like this, your path. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, and that if I would have tried to responsibly think right there, that could have took me to a whole different turn of my life. Amazing. So. 
I started working for Stila. And again, it was, this is this is like pre Estee Lauder buyout, Estee Lauder sell, and now who knows who they're owned by? I don't know. Um, but this is like at their height when like every Hollywood starlet was clamoring to be part of, you know, Stila's movement. At the time, um, everything was 100% recyclable packaging. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was sustainably made, and that was like a big deal. Um, in the world of everything was glam, 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 extra, extra, extra at this time. So, um, you know, it was, it was different. So I started there, I started freelancing and I literally embodied the brand. Like I actually had people say to me, they're like, you look just like one of the little paintings. And it was like (laughs) the biggest compliment to me. I felt like I was living the dream and I was still taking my like little side jobs and everything like that. And that's how my freelance career started. And I worked my way from being a freelancer to being like a regional trainer in the area. And then I became a national trainer and then eventually on Janine's team where I got to go to fashion week and, you know, like, you know, and then train everyone on the, like, you know, the latest trends and all that kind of stuff from going to fashion week every year. Um, you know, like I, I did it for a couple of years and then, um, you know, and, and educating all the artists from, you know, from all the artists that worked at like places like Sephora to Nordstrom to Neiman's were all where, where it all was at the time. Right. Um, And that was a super cool job. Um, I, you know, they're based in LA, so I'm in the DC area. So I got to go to LA all the time in New York and and I traveled a lot. Um, And at the time it was a super cool job and I really liked it. Um, and then I got engaged. So before we go forward, is there anything from Stilla that you still use today? Like anything you learned at that time that you kind of carry with you? So I don't necessarily use the product. Um, I still have that lipstick because I I have this hope one day that I can recreate it. Um, that's a whole other story, but, um, Someone recreated a clean formula, cleanly formulated version of the lipstick. And that, that lipstick that they made for me is really pretty, but it's not exact. So one day I'm going to make it, you know, just, so there's that. But other things I learned, I learned a lot. Janine Lavelle, um, her guidance and her style, whether she realized it or not, really changed my life um, in a few ways. So... The first thing I learned from Stila um, that I, I feel like um, is very valuable, um, which a lot of artists might disagree with, but is to be like neat and tidy. <laughs> She's a neat, like we learned something called the lineup where you line up each, each product with each brush as you go along in your makeover. Um, and I still do it to this day. That's so funny. I do something very similar to that. So that's hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I always line up and I always throw away um, like excess tissues and stuff like that as I go along to try to keep everything in like an order. So um, that was something very valuable I learned from her. The other thing that I learned is to be visionary about the makeup instead of just doing makeup. I feel like I just did makeup and like let the makeup lead me and see where I'd go. Um, which is nothing wrong with that, but to look at a person and actually picture what the end was going to look like is something I learned from her. And I think that is very valuable, like to look at someone and be like, 
you are going to be a glowy bronze goddess with a matte red lip. Like to see it first. Right. And then create is, is something I did not, I did not have that skill. Um, and I feel like a lot of people just kind of go along and then they just, oh, that eye is really smoky. Let me correct that by doing this. Like, but to have like an actual vision for what you're going to do in advance is quite remarkable in the makeup artistry world, in my opinion. So that's definitely something that I learned from her. And I also picked up my signature, what I call my signature style that my clients um, have named natural glam. Mm-hmm. I learned that from Janine LaBelle. I don't have the same style as her, like, you know, and I wouldn't even pretend to like, be like, oh, I'm in the same realm as her. She's to me, one of like a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. You know, she does like Natalie Portman and Gretchen Maul. And I just think that their makeup always looks perfect. Flawless. You know? Flawless. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that, but what she taught me was to basically treat the face like a canvas, you know, like like a canvas that was already partially done. You're finishing the canvas. You're not creating the canvas. And that was an important lesson so that the makeup doesn't overtake the person. And I feel like that's how I learned to develop my signature style. Um, And another thing that I learned from her that um, I love to this day is I went to her boot camp. I was one of the few artists. um, She had like a beauty boot camp and she's an introvert. She's not like a person that like loves attention or anything like that. So the fact that she even did one was like, you know, crazy. And um, so I got selected to be one of the artists to go to her beauty boot camp. And I was so thrilled to go to New York and I have these like intensive days with her right before fashion week. And she did my makeup. And that also changed my life because I always thought, and I didn't realize I was doing this um, as an artist, but I always thought of playing up your assets. So for instance, I have really full lips. So I was, always in a bold lip like a bright lip a dark lip a crazy lip because I was like I have pretty lips or I have full lips I'm gonna go with that you know Mm -hmm. when she did my makeup she did this like smoldering bronzy purpley eye and like my skin was clean. It wasn't like a lot of contour or anything, just really bronze. And she did like almost like a nothing lip on me. It was like she basically took foundation and added just a teeny tiny bit of color to it. And that was my lip. And when I looked at myself in the mirror, I saw myself differently. It wasn't just, you know, play up your asset, play up your asset. It was like, oh, there's more to me than that. And that changed me. And um, if anyone knows me, they know that I love to play with lips and stuff and different eyes and things like that. But that changed the way I looked at myself. And in turn, it changed the way I looked at my clients. So now I don't just look at my clients and be like, she has gorgeous lips, I'm going to play up her lips. Sometimes I'll be like, her lips don't need the attention today. Today, I want the expression of her eye to be what shines. And that was a powerful life lesson and makeup lesson for me. So those are like some of the main things that I took away. And also the other last one, I know there's a lot, but 
is to always be kind, grateful, and respectful. I remember after that, um, cause I actually, um, got really emotional when I saw the makeup. And so I know other people were probably like, that's so stupid, but it was like an inside thing for me. It wasn't just like the makeup that she did, you know, it was like, I saw myself differently and I saw her later and she was like, thank you for being so vulnerable. And then after I even left boot camp and fashion week and all of that, I, I sent her a note, like, just thank you so much for, you know, taking a basically, you know, nobody artist and inviting me to this amazing opportunity Mm -hmm. and I didn't hear necessarily hear back from her but I saw her maybe like a year or two it might have been two years later and she remembered me like she was like oh you're the girl that sent me that nice note with a really cute card but she remember exactly what it looked like oh it's beautiful you know like so and we were at like the makeup show or something random you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. um that meant a lot to me, you know? And so I try to, to this day, never think like, you, you know, I always try to be kind. So those are definitely some takeaways from what I learned. Oh, that's beautiful. So you started your freelance career mm-hmm. with Scylla and then where'd you go from there? So after Scylla, where'd you kind of, you know, where'd your journey lead from there? So what happened was while I was working at I was traveling the country and I was meeting all these people and they're like, do you want to do my makeup for this? Do you want to do a shoot for that? Do you want to do this? And um, at first I was so focused on being like a Stila girl that I was like, oh, well maybe, you know, but I always kept everything intact. And then I got engaged and I started to realize that like that career as amazing as that job was, I was not going to be able to have the other part of my life, which was to be a loving wife and to build my life on that end with that amount of travel and stuff like that. It just wasn't going to, at the time, it just wasn't for me. So I knew I was going to have to make some sort of decision about whether I was going to stay or not. Um, my schedule was getting more and more crazy with them. And I also had all these other, other opportunities that I was not taking. So I decided that I was going to leave the company. And um, it was a big risk for me again, because I like worked my way up and I was doing pretty well. I made this attempt um, because I was like, okay, well, I want to leave but I don't want to leave the security. I still want to be able to lean on this and not just go 100% freelance. Because at this point, I'm like, basically, I'm making a salary. So I'm not considered freelance at this point, you know? And so um, I started freelance, but then it became something else. You know what I mean? So um, I tried to attempt to become a freelancer and that did not work out at all. And it was like God's way of blocking it. He was like, no, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Your time's up and it's time for you to take the leap. And in my career, each step that I've tried to hold on to something, literally God will give me like a little gentle nudge. And if I don't listen, he'll just be like, it's gone. (laughs) Now do what I want you to do. Right. Like it's the craziest thing. So, yeah, so I tried to do this whole thing where, oh, I'm in a freelancer, and that totally didn't work out because it wasn't what I was supposed to do. So then I'm in this position. I'm like, it's great. I'm getting married. But what the hell am I going to do for money? And what am I going to do, period? Like, 
career wise like I'm just out here now I left theater I left this like what am I doing so I decided since I was getting married I was like oh maybe I'll work on brides like they can tell me how to get married and then it's like a source of income so that's how (laughs) I started bridal um so I started um, marketing myself for brides and things like that. And um, actually, I know a lot of people hate bridal work, but I actually really enjoy it. Um, you know, like, I don't think I want to be a person, and I am not now at this point in my career, who does like, you know, like 30, 40 weddings a year. Like, I don't want to do it as my sole source of income or anything. But I actually enjoy the whole getting someone to look like themselves, but in their finest form for their big day. Like I enjoyed that. I thrived on it. And also the brides totally helped me with my wedding because I didn't know what I was doing. Like, so where do I go for this? Where do I go for that? Uh, what did you do? Like I literally learned from them <laughs> as I was growing my bridal business. So I started working with brides and then eventually I started freelancing for a couple of other um, makeup brands, which was great because then I got to experience other makeup um because remember I went straight from like theater makeup to Stila right so like I wanted to play with other things so I worked for a ton of different makeup companies and got familiar with them and became fascinated again with textures and colors and what this could do and what that could do um so I was doing bridal and then I was doing um working for different companies for a while which was a, a blessing because when you are in that type of position you get to work on every type of face all different colors all different shapes and sizes all different ages and that really is if you can survive that realm of like retail and bridal and stuff like that and thrive you're then you're a pretty good artist if you're if you're a new artist out there then and you're surviving that then you should be proud of that Um, absolutely there's a lot of people who come from like, um, you know, like there's a lot of artists that come from everywhere, but like, for instance, I've, I've met people who like came straight from fashion and then tried to cross over and it was really hard for them. And I know this cause I, I did some work in fashion too. And I still do from time to time, but you know, you're working on 12 year olds with perfect skin. That's different than like having to work on like, you know, a 55 year old lady who chain smokes. Right. Like, that's a different skill set. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that um, that part of my life was really, really great. So I did that for a little while. And then I started um, thinking, well, what else do I want to play with? And then I, I didn't have a necessarily a definite idea, but I definitely knew that I wanted to kind of dabble in all the little areas of makeup that I could and then decide where I really wanted to go. So, um, you know, I, I played the theater, I did the whole, the retail and bridal, and then I decided that, um, I wanted to break into, um, film and television. So the first thing I did was I volunteered for the 168 Project. Uh Uh-huh. So have you, have you, have you done it before? Have you heard of it? No. So the 168 Project is like this LA film, kind of like an LA film festival thing where you have 168 hours to make a film. 
So, which is basically like a little less than a week. And you, you can't do anything outside of that. So like they have, I think the only thing you can do is write the script and everything else has to be done within that week. So um, I volunteered for this group who was doing this film. And um, that was my first, like that was my first piece <laughs> um, right. with the 168 Project. And it was crazy because I mean, like you have like no time and you have to make a whole movie, you know? So it was like crazy, grueling hours and the whole thing was crazy, but I loved it. Like the outcome of like all that grueling work, but then seeing like your work on a screen, I was like, this is dope. Um, so, and then I ended up having a really great relationship with everybody on set. Like we all just really got along so well. And so there was a guy on the set who was acting, but he, I found out later that he does a lot of production direction and stuff like that. He just happened to be an actor for the one six eight. So he introduced me to this set of filmmakers and I ended up doing a couple of independent feature films because of the 168 project. Oh, that's an amazing networking opportunity. So I did something similar to it called 48 hour film project. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's even more crazy. Yeah. So kind of the same, (laughs) kind of the same thing, but in 48 hours and we had to do, um, so there's a 48-hour film project, and then they have a Halloween version of the 48-hour film project. So, you know, it was more, a um, lot more blood, yeah. <laughs> but it was but it was a lot of fun. So that sounds like an amazing, so you learned a ton on that set. So uh, much. But, mm-hmm. but then you also, it gave you an opportunity for networking that then took you to other film sets as well. Exactly. Uh-huh. So it was great. So I actually started doing, like, full feature films and short films. And I did that for like a couple of years where my main income was coming from. Like I was getting paid to do this, which was crazy because usually you gotta do like a bunch of free stuff before you break into um, film. So I was doing that, still doing a little bit of work on the side. And then a couple of years and probably like my third year, I experienced like my first burnout. So in independent film, Um, which is quite different from if you're in the union, even though that is also a lot of work for, um, so I'm told. Um, But in independent film, they pay you extra so that they don't have to, so that they can work you until you basically drop. (laughs) So you're getting that extra money, but there's a reason, you know what I mean? You're working like 18 hours, 19, who knows? You might be like working, it might be a 24 hour thing and you're just sleeping when you can. It's crazy. Um, And though I enjoyed that, I enjoyed being on set, I enjoyed traveling. Like I eventually, I was like, man, I'm tired. Like I was like, I just need a little break from this for for a minute. Like I'm freaking tired. And that also gave me an inkling into you know, like people say, like, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm like, well, that's complete BS right now because I'm working. <laughs> I'm <freaking> tired. <laughs> so because I was I was so burnt out, I was like, oh, my gosh, I just need a break. Like, is there like a day job I can do? Like where I not like every day is 18 hours. Um, 
So what I did was I, once I finished, I was working on this one film and when I was done, I came home and I told my then husband, I was like, look, man, um, I, I might take a break from film. And I was like, don't worry. Cause you know, like my husband has like a regular nine to five. So like when you tell, if you're a freelance artist or if you're an artist period and you tell your nine to five person that you're, that you might be quitting something or pausing something, they always freak out. Like, you know, because that's not their life, you know, like, so I was like, you know, don't worry. I could always just jump back in the bridal or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's fine. So what I decided to do was I was like, I don't want to lose the feeling because the feeling is what's making me work all these hours of seeing my work on, on screen. You know what I right. mean? Right. So, um, there was a girl who lived in my area who actually had a bridal company, but also she did like everybody, like if a big, like if, a big celebrity or like a world leader came into DC. She's the person that did their makeup. She was the go-to. She also worked on one of the, like, um, she, she was like the lead makeup artist for like meet the press, which was like really big back then or whatever, you know, like as a Sunday show. So I had worked with her before. So I reached out to her and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to go in and be like, well, I've been working on films and da, 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 da. I was like, I'm trying to get into her world. So I volunteered. I was like, Hey man, I am, you know, taking a little break from film and I would love to just help you out. How, you know, like, how can I help you? Like what will work? So we came up with the thing where if she was doing like a TV gig or interview, I would assist her. So I went from being like a key artist at independent film to like cleaning brushes, but I didn't care because I was in the room that I wanted to be in just, you know, so just to see like what that world was like. Right. And, um, so, you know, she's doing all these big interviews and things like that. And I'm cleaning the brushes. And then when she did bridal work, um, because, you know, I already had like a reputation for as a bridal makeup artist and hairstylist, um, I would get paid for that work, um, you know, but um, I was doing a dual role for her. And I did that for a little while. I even like stepped in once when she had to like leave early and go to the airport and I had to finish a client. Like I was like, I'm here. I was, the, I was the down girl. I want, and, and, and I want to say to any artists that are new, you take pride in being an assistant. Don't think that you're too good to ever assist somebody because you never know where that can lead. Um, and again, that goes back to being kind. So I was down, like I, you know, I would, I would never have been like, Oh, well I did blah, blah, blah. Like I'm beneath that or whatever. I would no. I was cleaning brushes. I was covering girl, you got to go to the airport. I got you. I'll, you know, I'll hold your stuff in my house till you get back, like whatever I could do. So when she got back, she had like this trip to take. And when she got back, we had lunch one day and she said, Hey, uh, tell me what it is that you want to do. Like, why are you, you know, volunteering to help me? And, you know, you're working, you're helping, you're helping with these weddings and stuff like this. I know your background, like you, you know, you've done film, you've done all this stuff. Like what, what is it that you want to do? And I was like, I want to do what you do. I want to be doing makeup for world leaders and celebrities when they come into town. I want to work on TV. 
Mm. And she was like, okay. So she gave me my first phone number, which was to CNN, (laughs) um, which, of course, you're familiar with. She gave me the lead artist name at CNN. And I called him. And he was like, well, I don't know if I can personally help you, but this is the manager da 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 So I was like, okay, dude, well, can you tell me what is it that I need to say to her? Because honestly, I try not to, um, and I I may at some point have thought maybe I knew things, but in life, you don't know crap. Like, I don't know anything. So I try to, I don't try to pretend like I do. So I always ask, what do I need to say to her, like, to make this happen, you know? And so he's like, just go in, tell her you've got, you know, you have film experience. He had film experience too. He's done. He, the guy that um, I talked to, he did like special effects for like 20 years. He's like, you know, like a veteran, you know? So, um, so I called the manager and I was just like, Hey man, I got this referral um, from, you know, this person and I'm interested in working in TV. And for some reason, she gave me, and she came from New York, and she gave me an interview, and I got hired the exact same day. Um, normally, you have to do, as you know, you have to do a um, hair and makeup demo, um, but the person that was supposed to do the hair and makeup demo had, like, I don't know, some sort of gnarly cold, and um, I brought my, because I didn't know that that's what you even did. Like, this is how naive I was. Like, I didn't even know about the demo. So I brought my full book, you know, like, I don't even think people have books anymore, but I brought like, you know, like my actual book of my body of work, my resume, my, you know, like all of that stuff. Right. Like my film resume, my, all of that. So I have all of that stuff with me, giant book. So the person was like super sex. So she looked through my body of work and she was just like, you're hired. Wow. Um, so it was such a blessing because I had, even though I have film experience, I had no TV experience, you know? Um, and so I started at CNN and I worked there for like a decade, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I was still a freelance artist. And for me, um, everybody has their own goals. Okay. Some people's goals are to like, you know, start as a freelancer and then you work your way up and then you're, you know this person at the station or whatever your goal is, is totally fine. But I knew from the time that I blurted out, I want to be a freelancer that I really wanted to be a freelancer. And I was willing to do what it took like to hustle and to always work hard and everything to keep my freedom. Not that there's anything wrong with like having a regular job, especially if it's in makeup and it's something that you love. But I knew for me that I was like a lifetime freelancer and I'm totally fine with that. Well, I think it's beautiful that you knew that like your heart, the whole time you knew that you wanted to be a freelancer because there's so many of us that kind of question, you know, we're like constantly questioning which way to go, which way to go. Do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? And you knew from the get go, this is the path that you wanted to be on. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, 
I can't take any credit. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Right, so, right, right. So I, so I freelanced at CNN for 10 years, and I also picked up a few other TV stations along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still doing other jobs. I'm still doing bridal, like I said, that I enjoyed. And then I started doing a lot of special event and red carpet, and that was dope. And, like, I was having a good time. And then um, one day I found out I was pregnant. And I was super scared and um, not, it was not expected. But then, of course, I was like super excited. And then I found out I was pregnant with twins. And I, you know, was like, holy crap, this is, this is going to be my life now. And what am I going to do and all that? And then I ended up having, unfortunately, having um, a miscarriage in my second trimester. Um, and when you, when something like that happens to you, especially like when you're far along like that, like everybody already knew I was pregnant. Like you could see that I was pregnant, you know, um, mm-hmm. it was obviously the actual experience was devastating, but I had to also live it in public because everyone knew it wasn't like something that I kept under wraps and, you know, right, right. And I had to take a minute because I needed to get get myself together emotionally. And also I needed to know, like, why did this happen to me? Um, And I always thought of myself as a pretty decently healthy person. Like I was never overweight or anything like that. Um, I had gained weight at this point because I was pregnant with freaking twins. You know what I mean? I I had gained weight. And then once I once I lost them, I started to gain a lot of weight, um, because I was depressed and I wanted to know after I got over the initial, like, you know, make this pain go away, God, I wanted to know why this happened to me. And I went to doctor after doctor after doctor and doctors apparently are just okay with telling you they don't know. Like it, it astounded me because I'm like, I'm healthy. You know what I mean? I work out, I eat pretty well. Like what, you know, like what's the deal here? Um, and I couldn't get any answers. So I'm on this quest and I'm still trying to work, but I'm not focused to be honest. Um, and then I decided to go to a holistic doctor. Um, and also I want to make sure I say this. I went to therapy. If you go through something traumatic in your life, go to therapy, for God's sakes. Like, right. you can't do things on your own. And even in makeup, sometimes you need to go to therapy just for that. Like, right. our job is not – yeah, like, I don't know why people think our job's so easy. You know, like, when you go to a dinner party and people are always like, oh, you're a makeup artist. That might be so – that must be so fun. Like, they have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know what we're going through. Right. Um they don't know what it's like to be an artist and basically be like a therapist as well and the peacemaker and the everything. We're everything, you know? Um, but anyway, so I went to therapy um, and then I started going to, I, I met a holistic, um, a holistic practitioner and that's when I started to get some answers. And then I started to learn about like safe ingredients and safe products and also like, eating well, 
Like I thought I was eating healthy, but I had no idea. Like basically it's the wild west out here with food and products. Like <laughs> the, in, in the, in the United States, not everywhere, but right. in the United States, it's like the wild west out here. Most of the stuff that we think is regulated food and skincare makeup wise is not. So I had to focus on getting myself healthy. And so I started doing that by cleaning up my home, cleaning up my food. And then I took a look um, at my makeup. Mm. And the reason why I did that is because I was getting better. um, But my um, holistic practitioner was like, you should be a little, you should be further along health-wise than you are. And Mm. so then it came back to are you still using your XYZ? Right. Makeup. Da, 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 da. So was, was there something that the practitioner saw that, I mean, was there like a, I don't know, cause that depends on the, on the practitioner, but was right. there like a, something that was standing out to him or her to so, ask that? Like, was your skin not doing well? Or yeah, my was there skin, just, my skin was horrible. Okay. Um, and then also, um, my skin was horrible, but it wasn't just that. It was just when you have, like, let's say if your body is covered in something that is not allowing your skin to properly breathe, you can't get all the toxins out. So basically that slows down your, your, you know, like the process of, right. of eliminating toxins. That's basically what was happening to me. Gotcha. Okay. Basically all my pores were clogged. <laughs> so when I was trying to get you know, I'm eating healthy, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm losing weight, but I was still having some symptoms. Gotcha. Okay. And so then that's when he, um, you know, they were like, you know, um, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And that totally changed everything. Um, I started to feel better mentally and I start my, I have a lot of stomach issues and they cleared up faster and I lost weight faster and like everything started to happen after I changed my skincare and my makeup and I was like, what the F like what's in the other stuff? Huge. Right. Like it's a, right. it's like a revelation. It's huge. Yeah, Like, and I'm not telling everybody to throw away all their makeup and stuff like that. I'm just telling, this is what my story is. Okay. Right. And so I was like, Holy crap. Um, all of these amazing things started happening for me. Um, my body got so much, you know, I, I, I got so much healthier and my skin was looking better and all kinds of things were happening. Um, and then um, clients started to ask me because at this point, like for a good year and some change, I gained over 40 pounds, you know, because of being pregnant so I was for two years, I was like 40 pounds overweight from being pregnant and then depression that I, I ate to continue that, you know? So then I like lost the weight. And so people that had not known me before just assumed that I had been that size, you know? Right. Um, so when they saw me losing weight, like my clients and stuff, they're like, what are you doing? Or, and then they started to notice like my skin and like my face and they were like, Ooh, what are you wearing? And it was like nothing that I had in my kit. I saw the same kit. I just switched what I was using. Mm. And that, and that happened so many times that I actually <laughs> started to feel guilty. Like, uh, like I feel bad, like saying that like, you're using, oh, I would never use this on my face, because but you're putting it on other people. Putting, yeah, right. I was putting it on other people. 
So I made this decision to become a green makeup artist. And at first, I I will tell you that at first, like, I'm usually a pretty fearless person. But at this point, I was scared because I was like, I've been in the game for a while. I have a great client base. I get to travel. You know, I'm doing pretty well. Um, As a freelancer, I'm free, but I'm still, like, working. You know what I mean? I'm a full-time makeup artist, which a lot of people cannot say as a freelancer. You know what I mean? Like, I had no ties. And I was really proud of that. And I was like, I don't want to lose it. But then, like I said, my conscience was like, girl, like, what are you doing? You know, like, you know better and you can make a difference. So what I did was the half-assed attempt of becoming a green makeup artist. I kept everything the same. I'm still the same Kai Washington. I have the same company, but I just added a little blurb on my website that, um, you could choose from my clean beauty kit or my regular kit. And that was it. And I started again, that's operating out of fear. And I'm, I'm rereading a return to love, which is like one of my favorite books. And the opposite of love is not hate. It's fear. So I was operating in fear and not in love. And so I was just like, oh, well, I have this kid, but if you want the other kid, it's cool. And I was basically getting absolutely nowhere with that. And then one day, a thought popped in my head, you know, it's probably God, like, oh, my God, here we go again with this crap. She doesn't want to listen to me. So <laughs> I got this idea in my head of what if I just build a really great green kit and I just start taking it on jobs? Like, Because most people weren't asking, like, every, I don't know, 15th client was like, ooh, I'd like to try the clean kit. But everybody else was like, I don't care what you, as long as you show up and do my makeup, it looks okay. So then I was like, why don't I focus on making a clean kit, not only doing that, but taking my holistic practices that I've learned, because I had started working with crystals at this point and dabbling in aromatherapy and things like that. But what if I just took that and gave people the experience? regardless of if they ask for clean or not and see what happens. Amazing. And what happened was not only did everybody still like my work, so it wasn't <laughs> like, you suck. Um, everyone still liked my work, but they also were like, this experience was awesome. I'd like to do it again. Or you should call my friend. She would love you. Right. So then I was like, oh, my gosh. So if I lived in love instead of fear this whole time, I could have been spreading the joy of clean beauty and healthy lifestyle and making women feel a certain way instead of being afraid. Mm, So It was fear that was stopping you the whole time. Fear. I was not living in love. And so I... Once I learned that, I was like, you know what, um, I, because I am an ingredient person, I look up everything, you know, this about me, Brooke, like people, if somebody has a question about products, they always ask me, they're like, oh, we know she knows, you know, like, it's like an obsession of mine. So <laughs> because of that, I was like, if I'm going to dive into clean beauty and I, and I, and you know, I'm using aromatherapy to help treat my own depression and other types of things and crystals and stuff like that, I want to learn about it professionally. So 
while I was still freelancing and cleaning up my kit, I also decided to go to school for holistic aromatherapy because, you know, I didn't have enough stuff to do. And um, I, and that was an amazing experience for me, um, learning about everything about plants, you know, and the, and their power and their beauty. And that really helped me to really hone in on like what product I really wanted to have in my kit from a holistic standpoint, as well as a performance standpoint, because both of them are equally important to me. I do want products that are good and clean and wholesome and healthy for my clients, but also if they don't freaking perform, then nobody cares. Like it, you know, like it doesn't, for, for most clients when they're booking you until they get to know your experience, they only care if their makeup looks good and if it stays on, especially if you're doing special event makeup right? or TV, you know? So, um, yeah, so that became my experience where I was test making sure everything in my kit was high performing and also from a beautiful holistic standpoint um, that it was enriching. Um, and so I started incorporating techniques that I learned like gua sha facial massage and using aromatherapies when I, I met with a client to set the mood and people knowing that when they book me, they're gonna have a relaxed environment, that they're gonna look beautiful. I'm still gonna do everything in a timely manner and all the stuff that's important because you know, like you don't wanna be like, oh, I do all this, but it takes me two hours to do makeup because then right. I have to do it again, you know? Right. You gotta be fast. Um, so, you know, that I could still get in and out, but I could also do that while burning a grounding incense or using aromatherapy oils to relax my client and setting the stage for blocking negative energy with crystals and still giving my signature natural glam, but with products that I felt comfortable with. And that I knew that were safe for like pregnant clients, which was important to me or being around little kids and things like that. Mm. So I did that for a while. And then I noticed that I was like, what I'm projecting into the world, like with my website and like everything does not match what, who I am and what I'm doing. Like it's two, there is like two different things. So it's like, I'm, doing all of this stuff but like if you looked me up it just it was just all about makeup but that's not what I'm all about you know like it's about the whole mind body experience right so I talked to one of my friends who is also an amazing makeup artist and she and I was like I'm thinking about like announcing that I'm, you know, that I've, that I have, like, I'm doing a different approach and that I'm doing, you know, all things differently, but I'm worried because I don't want it. I don't want it to affect my clients. And also, I also thought, which I learned doesn't, neither one of these matter, um, is what are my peers going to think of me? Like, you know, like, are, am I going to have the respect of my peers? Am right. I going to have the respect of my clients, my friends, my family, if I change everything? Because right now, people think of me this way, but how are they going to think of me if I switch up? Again, mm. that's what fear. fear. Yes. yes. Yeah. And my friend told me, she said, Kai, that's not who you are. And she was like, everyone who knows you knows who you are, but nobody else is going to know that that's who you are because you're not letting them. And there, and she was like, you've always been this person. It's just that these, this traumatic experience has turned you into an even more knowledgeable version of yourself that you've always been this girl. 
Right. Just I did, did not see. Right. You're just putting your vulnerability out there and being really who you were. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that. And so while I was tinkering with this, going through all this, I actually had a conversation with you. And I was like, I'm thinking of, you know, switching it. And these are the things I want to embody my brand. Um, and you actually helped me come up with the name of my company, which is now Modern Green Goddess. So thank you, Brooke. You're awesome. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, and I didn't do it for like a whole nother year after I talked to you. Again, I was still like dabbling in fear. And then I was like, I, I'm, I remember speaking to a spiritual advisor and they were like, what are you doing? Like, what are you waiting for? Right. Like you're holding on to stuff you don't need to hold on to just launch. And I think the big thing that was holding me back is that I feel like as a makeup artist, even though people always think, Oh, we're free spirits and we do this and that, that's not necessarily hundred percent true. Like usually you're on a path, like you want to do TV or you want to do film or you want to be in the fashion game or you want to be in the celebrity game. Like there's, there's different distinct paths that you want to be on, you know, as a freelance artist or just as a makeup artist in general. And for me to be like, I don't want to be on any of those paths. I want to be on this path is kind of nuts. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. So I, um, you know, was nervous about it. And like I said, after I spoke with the spiritual advisor, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. The worst that can happen is that everybody thinks I'm a kook. But the good thing is, at least I'm a decent artist. Like, if I had to go back and work at the counter, at least I I could do it. You know what I mean? Like, I've had all the experience to do what I have to do. And the worst thing that could happen is that I flop and then I have to like, but you know, back. Back up, but I right. know how to make money. I've been a freelancer for a long time at this point, and I know that I know the game. I could, I could get a little job for a little while and then be freelance again if I have to. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, or I could go back to doing mainly bridal or whatever. Like, I have options. Like, don't be. You know, I don't need to live in this fear. So I launched Modern Green Goddess, and um. I was like, oh God, I hope everybody doesn't think I'm crazy. But all I got was positivity. People were like, this is amazing. I love your mind body approach. I want to be part of it. I got all kinds of amazing opportunities as a result. I've gotten featured with some like brands that I love and adore as artists to watch and all kinds of stuff like that. All these opportunities that I didn't get before because I was open and true and operating in love. It's beautiful. Um, And, you know, maybe my path sounds kooky to some people and maybe it's inspiring, but it's, it's my path. Like my path is, yeah. Do I still do red carpet and TV work and um, you know, a little bridal and a little this and a little of that? Yep, absolutely. I do do that. Um, But I also teach, wellness workshops and I also give makeup lessons for people trying to transition to safer beauty and I speak I spoke in front of a crowd of like 5,000 people last year um so this is my path um you know when people ask me now like what is it you know like who do you want to be or what's your aspiration I always tell them I want to be the Rachel Hollis of green beauty um I love Rachel Hollis I think she's like she's an author and 
she's such a badass and she does everything the way she wants to do it. And she also, the reason why she's my inspiration, had a complete 180 career. She started off in like food and, um, and event planning and switched to inspirational books. It was a completely different, wow. yeah. like, and she's killing it. And so I was like, I want to be that person. Like, why can't I? Why can't I forge my own path? And why can't I, you know, be the Rachel Hollis of Green Beauty? Maybe I'll write a book one day. Maybe I'll sell out stadiums. Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, I, if I'm open and I'm open to love and I'm grateful for my experience, which I'm very grateful um, even when I have a really bad work day, I'm always like, man, Kai, you're a freaking freelancer with a book schedule. And in, and at this point in my career, I'm picking what I want to. I'm not like, oh, I got to go to work. Like, I'm like, I'm picking what I want. And all of my jobs, at least for the past, probably the past year or so, have all been like jobs of happiness. Every single one of them. So you're not, you're not having to say like yes. My, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like my crazy story. And I know it's unconventional from what um, some artists aspire to, but my story is more of a carve your own path. Like you don't have to follow the path of other artists, dig your own ditch, build your own road. Oh, that's beautiful. Kai. So I have, well, I have, Two questions. Okay. One, do you know of any artists in film that are solely using clean beauty? Because that's my my personal hesitant on it. Like I would love to turn my entire kit over to clean beauty and only use clean beauty because I feel like that's where I resonate. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's stopping me kind of it's I mean, I guess you could say it's fear as well, mm -hmm. is that I'm worried about longevity on set when you're on set for that, you know, for those 12 hours. Right. 14 hours. So I can tell you um, that when I work on like longer projects and things like that, I only have one kit now. I only have my clean beauty kit. If people hire me, I just take my kit. That's, that's it. That's all I got. Um, and when I work on projects like that, where I'm working for long periods of time, I don't have any issues. But the, the key is, just like with any other makeup, you just got to dig and find the things that work for you. That work for you, right. You know, like with right. some, for some people, you know, like there are some artists that I love and admire that like some products that I think are garbage. You know what I mean? But it's not because the product's garbage, I guess. It's because they- It's just not their preference. It. Yeah, they right. bond with it. They know how to work with it. It just works for them. And for me, I'm like, oh, that's terrible. You know what I mean? Like, we've all been yeah. there. Like, you yeah, know, absolutely. we tried something that an artist recommended and we were like, oh, my God, this is terrible, you know? So, but it's not because it's a terrible product. It's just it's not the product for you. When I used right. to train at Sephora, um, we used to train the um, artists there mm -hmm. or the mm -hmm. cast members. Right, um, right. If someone said they didn't like something, we would change it to, oh, it's not for you today. Right. Yeah, that's what we would tell them to say instead of being like, you don't like something. It's just it's just not for you today. So it's the same thing in clean beauty is that some products are going to knock your socks off. Um, There's some places where clean beauty actually shines and excels over traditional beauty. I can tell you that as well in, within my research. And then there's some things that I'm going to love that maybe you don't love and vice versa. Right. Um, but there's so much 
like when a few years ago, when I delved into clean beauty on my own before I built my kit, there mm-hmm. was really not that much. Well, and so my kind of my journey with clean beauty was years ago before I met you, um, before I moved to DC. Gosh, I mean, this is years and years ago. There was um, a website, and I don't even know if it's still up, but there was a website called safecosmetics.org. Mm-hmm. Cool. And when that website came out, and they would rate everything from, you know, from Johnson & Johnson's baby shampoo to toothpaste to deodorant, and they would rate it depending on what ingredients was in it and that sort of thing. And I remember going in and looking like at all the things that were in my kit and being like, oh my gosh, this is rated this and this is rated that. But at the time, like you're saying, there weren't but a, not even a handful of companies out there, literally. And if there were, the products when you tried them, and you probably remember this, if you tried them, they didn't have enough pigment in them. Or, you know, they were just like, they didn't have a, an array of colors. And even if you mixed them, they were, and it's come such a tremendous way since then. Because yes. this was at least maybe 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago. Um, because of my my family history with cancer and and these things that have been in my life, that was a way that I wanted to go. So it'll be interesting now. I do have some incorporated in my kit, but to be at the point that you are, I would it would be amazing to have that kit. And, and obviously, the special effects stuff is a little bit different. Like right, obviously, you know. But um, but thank you. So I'll have to dig around a little bit more and and start incorporating more as I as I find it. Um, and my last question for you is, what would you say to 2009 Kai today? If you had a conversation with 2009 Kai, what would you say to her? First, I would tell 2009 Kai that she should have worn more midriff bearing things because it's like over for her now. <laughs> <laughs> Be more naked, 2009 Kai. Your body was pretty good before everything happened. Your body was rocking. You didn't know. Um, The other thing I would say to 2009 Kai is that life sometimes is so beautiful. And sometimes life is so tragic. But either way, you have to choose love, to love yourself, to love the world around you, to love God, to love nature, to just to like live in love. Because if you don't, it could crush your spirit. And living in love is what inspired me to take leaps that I wouldn't have taken or to go hard and do things I wouldn't have done. It wasn't ambition. It was love. And I know that's different for everyone, but for me, it was love. Like having a deep meditation the other day, I was like, I'm going to call this exec and tell them that they need to hire me for something. This job that I decided I wanted to create and I did it and they called me back and I had an interview. Like, but that was after meditating and knowing that I'm worthy of that you know like that's a hard thing to take like am I worthy and if you know that God is love and that you have love inside of you and that all of that's connected then you can do whatever you want 
Oh, thank you so much, Kai, for joining us today. That was beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you and, for having me. <laughs> and let's share your handles. So you've got on Instagram. What are your handles on Instagram? So on Instagram, my handle is, and on Facebook, my handle is at Kai Does Makeup. So K-Y Does Makeup. Um, and my website is moderngreengoddess.com. Thank you so much, Kai. Thank you so much for having me.